to the International House of Horrors. Valued guests, and welcome back to the International House of Horrors podcast, your sanctuary of spooky for all things terrible, bloody, gory, and the macabre. I am one of your curators here, Joe Merle. And I'm really excited to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm Josh. Yeah. <laughs> and he is very excited to talk about this movie. Uh, we're both very excited. We're doing this kind of special episode to talk about uh, 2018's Halloween. So if you've listened to the episode that we released, uh, the most current one, episode 16, we talk about Halloween as a franchise, and uh, we got it a little bit earlier over here, but Josh now had the opportunity to see an early, it was an early preview you saw, right? Yeah, exactly, because the official release is on Thursday, I think, the 25th of right. October, and but we got, to, we got to see an early release uh, on, I think they call it Spooktober or something. Okay. So they had like early releases, and so they showed uh, Halloween early. And yes, yeah, so j- this- <laughs> first of all, we, we got. I, I gotta say, it's. I still. Can, I told you this two times already. I still can't believe that you managed to go three days without talking to me about <laughs> it, because I left the theater and the first thing I did was I sent you a message because right. I just couldn't wait. And it, it it is hard to, especially you know, I've talked to it uh, about this movie with some of my other friends who are super into horror. But I think for me, it was a little bit easier this time because I had to have such restraint and discipline leading up to this point because I avoided everything outside of, you know, we would go to the movie theater. Shane and I would go to a movie and um, I would get really nervous that they were going to show a trailer. And she's like, well, you can just run out real quick and I'll let you know when it's over because I wanted to go in as blind as possible. I didn't want to know anything more than that original trailer and... I wanted, you know, I didn't want to be that person who ruined that experience for you as well, because I feel like going into this, not knowing a ton. Now, you had only seen the one trailer as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I saw the, the one, one trailer because you told me to watch it because you said it's okay. Yeah. And didn't see anything else. I stayed away from every picture that was, I, I, I saw maybe a picture of Janet Lee with a gun, but I think she had short hair in that picture anyway. Right. Yeah. No, they, they had some of the, uh, did you say Janet Lee? You talking about yeah, her mom, I, I Jamie, <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Lee? Uh, yeah, they did some like enter, Entertainment Weekly did some pictures of you know like her and Michael together, but they weren't from the movie. Some of the stuff yeah. that was that was put out. So this is um, the little movie that could man. It has it has proved itself at the box office. Uh, this thing was made for ten million, is I think what I read about ten million dollars. And from what I saw last night when I was doing notes for those movie guys is. I think seventy-seven point five million is what it brought in the opening weekend, and that's just domestically. So yeah. I don't, I don't know how many other markets uh, where it's going to open up. You know, I know you guys are on the twenty-fifth. I don't know if that's the full global market, or now no Ch- I don't, I don't know if it'll get China. What's China's rule? Ghosts and demons. I think you can have killers, no ghosts and demons. I have no idea, actually. Like, don't yeah, they there's... have like only a certain number of movies, and they only take like in general, just like. But they 10 don't. Movies? They won't take. They don't um, put out anything at the theater. I think it's ghosts and demons. Anything with a ghost or de- there's some kind of weird rule about it, though. But I think a slasher would be okay. But I don't know how big they are into slashers. <laughs> but there's a lot of other markets where I think it'll still pull in quite a bit of coin. You know, all over the UK. Um, I think Australia probably will see. 
a pretty good return. But the United States tends to be where, okay, did we make enough money here? Even though in some instances, the global box office saves the movie. Like Terminator yeah. and um, I think the last Transformers. I think did, all Transformers. Yeah, <laughs> did, did better. But we're not here to talk about some robots in disguise. We're here to talk about a... A six-year-old killer in disguise. Uh, it's been yeah, 40. Before we start, we, yeah. we should say that we're going to go Spoil all out. the shit out of this the, thing. Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> just go and listen back. It's a bonus episode. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah go see the movie. Um, and go see the movie anyway, even if you don't want to listen to the episode. Because the movie was, um, you know, in my book, we talked last week about my, my favorite Halloween movies. And I said, you know, part six, uh, just for nostalgia reasons. The original will always probably be my favorite just because I think it, there's something just magic captured there. But after the original, this one is right there. Like this this movie is, um, you know, I plan to go and see it a couple more times while it's in the theater. Uh, it, it's everything I wanted in a Halloween movie. And we'll get into all the details. But for me, my biggest takeaway when I left the theater and even while I was watching the movie, I, I had this reoccurring thought and I was just like, Michael is scary again. They actually, that's, they made that's Michael scary. Too. Yeah, they, they made him they scary. Actually, they basically actually made a true slasher again. Right. Like this this was a, a just a perfect slasher, I think. Yeah, and the movie, okay, so let's, let's and, and I'm with you, I agree with you 100% that this this was a slasher in every way and at the same time, they were able to, and there's even a line in the movie where it, it caught me so off guard near the beginning. Uh, but let's let's walk through the movie and we'll get to that point. So so we open up and it's been um, 40 years. I love that they use the original font from the first movie. That was I I, I had goose like it, it was <laughs> I I felt the same way I felt when um, Star Wars uh, Episode Seven came out because you sit in the theater and then for the like for me this was the first time in. No, I, I had seen uh, Star Wars 3 in theater when I was okay. a little boy. Yeah. And this was the first time since I realized all about Star Wars that I saw the, the Star Wars title card, yeah. saw the scroll and heard the music. I got goosebumps and I felt exactly the same way with this movie. Yeah. Not, not just the, the font, but then also the, the pumpkin. Being reinflated. Yeah. Which yeah. is such a cool touch. I was like, you know, they, they really are driving home this idea that it's been 40 years. This is a direct sequel. So they took, even though the pumpkin looked a little bit different than the original one, you know, it, it's all rotted on the ground. And then it's slowly, it's like, hey, we're reviving this thing and bringing it back to life. You know, yeah. we're taking the Halloween name and this Michael Myers character and we're bringing it back for a modern age. Um, and and you're, I was with you, the font. And, uh, you know, I'll probably mention this many times today, but John Carpenter absolutely just killed it with the score. It was... Yes. It was the original score, but it was this new, um, you know, I was sitting in the kitchen, uh, I think it was like Saturday or Sunday, yesterday, day before, um, just listening to the score, the new score, because I just wanted to hear it again, because he he kept that original, you know, the ding, 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 but then added all these new kind of synth sounds in there and was yeah. able to, to keep it, but make it new at the same time. And I think that was the the theme of this whole movie is they they kept what made it good, but still made it new. And, and, you know, the kid had the line in there where he says when he's walking with. Um, so we've got Jamie Lee is back. Jamie Lee will say she's back as Laurie Strode. And it kind of revolves around her and her family. And you got Andy. Um, how do you say her name? Matichak? 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 I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Meta, I want to say Matichak. I don't know. Probably uh, Matichak. Yes. Yeah. Matichak. 
Um, she's playing Allison. So she's uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's Laurie Strode's great-granddaughter. And you've got the great just Judy. granddaughter. Yeah. Great granddaughter. Yeah, just granddaughter. And you've got Judy Greer playing Karen, um, who Judy Greer is so good. I, I, I love Judy Greer. Her yeah. alone made me love it. I didn't know she was in this. <laughs> right. Yeah, and she was, she was great. You know, she plays Laurie Strode's um, daughter. She plays Karen, the daughter of Laurie. Yeah. And but when when Allison and her friends are walking to uh to school and she's kind of trying to they're they're asking her questions about it like oh didn't all this crazy shit happen well the boy that's with them he says you know it, it was horrible what happened but five people dying in a single night isn't that big of a deal anymore and and I loved that line I was like it's almost as if you know uh, Danny McBride and uh, what is it David David Gordon Green uh, yeah. was the director and then Danny McBride writing it's almost as if they were telling the audience in a way. We know you love this original thing, but the times have changed over 40 years, so it's going to be a little bit more intense because that same story won't work. And and I love that line because I feel like they were talking. Maybe now I'm just pulling shit out of my ass. I don't know. I, but, I think they were totally talking to us the whole movie throughout. Everything felt so intentional. Like nothing yeah. felt like it was it was by chance. Um, I've, the, I've had the a next line. You, you, the next line right after that is, "Wasn't he his uh, her sister? Yeah, uh, her brother. Yeah." <laughs> so they. They go all in. I just hoped that uh, Judy Creer's character would be called Jamie, just to right. fuck with us completely. <laughs> and, and we have this, um, you know, it has been all this time. So you got these kids. We've now established that uh, that Lori is she's been a mess her entire. Well, I wouldn't even say a mess. In some respects, she's a badass, you know. But she's become this um, like survivalist character, and you see that she's she's estranged from not completely estranged. It seemed like she still talked to Karen. And and Allison knew her, you know, when they would meet up, they had this this relationship. But Lori's been mentally broken and had to build herself up to a new person after the events of 78. And so we've got Lori out in the woods. We've got Allison and Karen. Allison is um, it sounded like they were getting close to graduation, seniors in high school, yeah. the same as Lori was. But we've also got um, and what was his name? Um, Aaron, Aaron. And I can't remember the girl's name. But they're like two investigative podcasters, which I thought was great because the whole world is obsessed with true crime podcasts, you know, and, and how they to make a murderer. Name, I uh, think it was uh, OK. What was this? You had Aaron and um, Dana. Dana. Yeah, that's right. Dana. Um, so they, they decide they're going to go visit Michael in the in the sanitarium because he's finally up to be moved. And, and their their thought process is we're going to um, put this guy in a hole where nobody's ever going to get to him. He's been in Smith's Grove for 40 years and yeah. uh, such a such an uh, amazing aesthetic. I love that weird courtyard with the, the checkered floor. That was the opening scene, right? Like we, we kind of skipped yeah. around a bit because that was the opening and I, I loved it. Not just the setup, but then he pulls out the mask and all the, the crazies go crazy. Yeah. And he's um, like, you can feel it. You got the dogs going nuts. And Michael, this is the first time we see Michael, though, they they, they show you he's an old man. Like, you know, he, he's aged, he's 60 years old, but he's still a, a huge hulking presence. And that was um, James Courtney played uh, The Shape. And Nick Castle did get to play him at, at one point, which I think is, see, that's the kind of stuff where they were just like, we know how important this is to everybody. We know the place that this movie holds in cinema history. And to let Nick Castle come back and do that, I thought was good on you, man. So they show yeah. up and yeah, and he's like, um, they're trying to get him to talk, and we're introduced to Doctor um, was Sartain, I think it was yeah. pronounced Sartain, and yeah. it, at one point Jamie Lee Curtis even says, or Laurie even says, oh, you're the new Loomis, you know, <laughs> and and they kind of put that out there, 
which once we get to, you know, his eventual death, I thought that was great that they killed him off because he's not the new Loomis. Yeah. yeah he shaked the, his head when right. he shook his head when she said that. Uh, so there's already my first nitpick that I just completely could ignore because it didn't matter in the end because it's such a great movie. But uh, in that scene in the courtyard, it doesn't make any sense that they're standing behind him the whole time. They want him to talk. They show him the mask, right. but they don't go in front of him. Of course, they did it to get the cool shot of him just from the back. That scene doesn't make any sense from that point of view, but it's still it's so awesome that I just can't be mad. <laughs> yeah, but I can't. I, I know they had the boxes around each of the inmates, but I couldn't remember if there was another line where he told him you can't go past this line. I, yeah, I, he he, he I, just said he can't go into the box. That right. was the, okay. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was um but yeah, you just see Michael from the back, and you're right. You couldn't turn around, even though we do get some pretty clear shots of his his face, and you see the white beard. Um, yeah, but we don't see the face, we just see the, the side right. of his face. Like yeah. I couldn't tell you who the actor was, if it was uh which of the actors it was, if it was Mary right. Castle. See, no, I think that was, um, I, yeah, I don't know who was in um, in which spot. And actually, um, James Courtney is going to be at a, a Comic-Con not too far from me. A couple, of, I thought about taking my new mask and having him uh, sign the inside of that thing. So I was like, ah, oh, it'd be cool, but it's a, a lot of driving to get an autograph on a mask. Um, so they're going to move Michael and everybody, uh, or Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Lori, I just got to pick which one I'm going to go with. I need to go with one or the other and stop saying it. People um, will know who it is. <laughs> yeah, she's been she's been kind of waiting <laughs> for this moment. She's been waiting for this to happen. And and Sartain, he the doctor, he wants to get Michael. He's like become infatuated with Michael, almost in the same way Loomis was. But Loomis recognized the evil as being pure evil. And we even got the 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 voice actor. It was close, but it wasn't there. But I get it. You don't have you know Donald Pleasance has been gone now for over twenty years, so. You, but he got pretty close to Loomis's voice, and you hear this audio recording where he says something along the lines of, you just, you kill it, you burn it, you incinerate it, and you bury it in the deepest depths of the ocean that you could find because there's no redemption. There's and nothing. He, he said that he wants to do it himself, right? right. He said, uh, I want to be there every step. I want to see him die. Yeah, <laughs> he he said it. Yeah, he's got to watch every every piece of this thing happen because he realized what Michael was. Whereas Sartain was more infatuated with the idea of Michael and almost wanted to keep him alive as a, a as a, not a guinea I pig, even but say almost. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to keep him alive to to observe, to constantly try and figure out the the motivations. He yeah. was really into trying to figure out what Michael's motivation was, and so now we lead up to. It's not very long before we really get into it. I love the look of Haddonfield in general. I thought it looked great. You know, yeah. it, it looked like Halloween, the leaves blowing everywhere, the decorations all over the place. And they're going to get ready to move Michael. Um, and of course, things go go wrong because <laughs> that's just that's just what happens. And we get this father and son. They're out. I want to say they were hunting or getting. Yeah, the kid was complaining because he wanted to go to dan <laughs> dance class. He wanted to go to dancing and instead they went hunting. Yeah, they yeah, they're, they're driving. We get their conversation. And then they suddenly spot the the bus with all the inmates, uh, which somewhere is down the road. Very reminiscent of the first movie when Loomis and the nurse are driving up to Smith's Grove, and you've got all the the patients wandering yeah. around. And yeah, so and Santine was in the in the bus with him, and the kid, the dad, just gets out, which I was like, "That's bold, man." 
Yeah, like, gets out and is gone. We don't right. see him again. Well, we don't see him again alive. <laughs> right. We don't see him get alive. And then the the kid eventually gets out. And first, the kid calls the cops, which I thought that all the kid actors in this were great, especially the one. Uh, but this kid gets, he calls the cops. And the cops are like, hey, just stay put. Kid gets out a rifle. He ends up shooting Santine in the, because yeah. he gets, he gets shocked. He, you know, walks up to the bus and he's like, ah, and he's like, bang, out of nowhere, shoots him. So now yeah, he's I mean, down. It's, it's a typical horror movie move, right? right. He, he just sits up, don't shoot me. Right. <laughs> of course, it's got to happen. <laughs> and, and so he takes off back to the truck. And this is where I was like, okay, this is a whole different movie. Yeah. Because Michael commences on to smash this little kid's head into the door. And then I believe snapped his neck. Yeah. It, yeah. Pretty sure. But he's beating his face off the door. And I was like, this is a whole new Michael. Like we have not experienced Michael like this up until this point. And we now know that Michael is, um, he's out and he's free to go. Uh, I believe it was right around this time we got introduced to uh, Will Patton, who's Officer Hawkins, which I thought was really good. I always like Will Patton when he's on screen. Um, And we we see Lori start to see the the news reports that all of this stuff has has happened. And, you know, you had mentioned it a little bit with the the, when we talked about the characters, the, the inmates walking around. Um, there are so many good nods to the entire series throughout the course of this movie. It, it's yeah. just unbelievable what they were able to do. And I feel like I'm talking a lot. Please stop me because I get so excited about this. I'm so excited <laughs> yeah. about this movie. Yeah. Um, so we, we can get to the next point right away. The gore is yes. awesome. Like we, we, we just talked about the boy being killed. That wasn't as gory, but really impactful when he hit this, uh, the, the head on the, like you, you saw the impact, which right. usually doesn't happen. And then, shortly after, when when the officer goes uh, goes down there, we see what happened to the dad, and we don't see what happened. We see we see the results. The aftermath. And it it looks oh, the dad got it, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what exactly happened, but uh, I now, don't did, want to know. Did you see this in English with German subtitles, or was German, it a German, German dub? Ah, oh, that's rough. You know what though? It's this is one of those things where I think you can still. And it's always hard for me because you speak such good English that I'm like, oh, everything should be in English over there. I, I forget that the majority of Germany probably doesn't speak English, you know, the, yeah. the larger majority. So yeah. they would they would need the dub. Um, but I would say, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, and, and with any movie, you and I have talked about this before. If I can get Japanese or anything, I'll take the original language over the dub any day just because there's something about the inflection and the way that things are said. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm pretty sure they always have like at least one or two um, original screenings. So I'm going to try to check one of those oh, nice. out. Yeah, and with the beauty yep. of the internet, now it's so much easier to get that stuff. You know, once it's released on, on Blu-ray, you can get a version that's that's English sure. and not. And this this is one I'm going to have to buy anyway because I got all the others. You got to complete I'm... the collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also I, I really want to see this again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, this is one that I would go again tonight. If, if, um, you know, I was thinking about it and, you know, Shana asked me, she's like, when are we going to go see it again? And I was like, oh man, I want to go, uh, we'll go sometime this week. But then as I was taking notes last night, I was like, well, shit, Suspiria comes out this week and I really, (laughs) I got to see Suspiria as well. Well, Uh, you got to do double bill. (laughs) Right. Just double feature it. That'd be a good, like drive in double bill. Yeah. Halloween and Suspiria. So, um, so back to the movie, Michael's out and again, a nod to the, to the uh to part four where he gets his coveralls he gets them out of a garage in the fourth movie and that's where we see you know michael is kind of followed um the mask 
essentially. He was like, I want my mask back. Yeah. And he follows these two reporters after they had tried to talk to Lori for a very short amount of time. Um, he follows them and uh, shows up at this garage. He follows her into the bathroom. And that whole scene is just that is <sighs> brutal. We, we, we got to start with uh, you. You just talked about it being reminiscent. And I, I thought right away of that scene in, uh, in Halloween H2O in the bathroom. It, it's yeah, very yeah. similar. We see just the yeah. spot. And this was this was the first time I was actually shocked because I was sure these uh, these two reporters were going to become leading characters. Yeah. But it's that they, they get killed off brutally. And like you knew right away once he was in there i i i thought like how are they going to let her get away out of this she's right. never going to get away out of this and then then the other guy comes in with a with a crowbar and beats him once but it doesn't help no, anything it doesn't and that's where we see michael as this really huge just looming presence um yeah. and he beats the fuck out of that guy like smashing his head into that wall so many times i was just or was it the door of the stall i think he, the door, yeah, yeah right. It was Where the door she's of the sitting stall. behind. <laughs> yeah, because she tries to get away at first um, after Michael drops all them teeth over. That was in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. We've seen the trailer. Which there's a couple scenes in this where I'm like, man, he worked really quickly. Because I feel like to pull out a bunch of somebody's teeth would take, you know, a good five minutes. It's not, but it seemed like he got all them teeth out relatively quickly. And you see as a, him as this, you know, he's not only killing, he's intimidating at the same time. Yeah. Because there was no other reason for him to do that. Outside of, I'm going to scare the shit out of this person. And then he commences on to push that guy through the door. She's trying to crawl away. He gets her. And that's the end of her as well. Yeah. And it, um, I liked it, though, that they used the same line from part four. When Loomis first sees Michael in the garage last diner in the fourth one, he says that he's like, Michael. And you had this reporter that gives the same line. I don't know how much of this was intended, but I was like, man, that feels so close to home. You know, he gives him that name, Michael. And he's trying to talk to him. And, and there's no reasoning with Michael, though. He's just he's evil incarnate on a killing rampage. Um, yeah. And he gets his mask and we get that awesome shot from through the, the back windshield of the car of him. Right after he puts it on, you know, you get this close up shot of him sliding the mask over. And then you get this view from inside the car looking up at him and you see the mask in its entirety on him for the first time. Uh, it was, yeah, it was goosebumps. It, it looked epic. Like, this is one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then then it really starts when he, uh, when it's Halloween night and he goes through the through the town first. These, these kids just run into him and he, of course, doesn't do anything. Right. Also, at that point, we got to say, um, these kids, I, I'm not sure if it were exactly these kids, but there were lots of kids wearing the yeah. Halloween 3 the, the silver shamrock masks. Yeah, so they, they won't survive this night anyway, probably. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're rushing home. Get to your televisions, kids. Make sure you yeah, tune in at nine. <laughs> I hope to hear the, the, the jingle at some point. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. They didn't play it. No, yeah, it's... Then, um, uh, which I thought was uh, awesome. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. And even before we got there, you know, another callback was um, Allison in the, the school. She was sitting in the same seat that Jamie was sitting in, or Lori was sitting in, the same discussion about fades. And she looks out the window, but instead of seeing Michael, she sees Laurie Strode. And yeah. they, they eventually have this conversation. Once Michael's back to town, uh, Laurie's starting to figure this shit out, and she's trying to get everybody together. She's there with Hawkins, and Hawkins is, you know, she almost shoots him. I thought that was great. He's like, what are, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? 
Yeah, she, um, she beats him with the gun in the face. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right away. <laughs> because she's like a trained militant badass by this point. She's been training her whole life, the last 40 years, yeah, for she, this one moment. Exactly. Um, she's been training 40 years. She built a house for 40 years just for this moment. Right. Which we'll get to that later. Because, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, um, but, but you see I, I Michael. Love, go ahead. Yeah, I, I love when he starts going to town in the city. When, when he walks around, like, the, the first uh, the, the first kill we get is uh, Halloween 2, I think, where he, um, is, it, is it the first kill? I think so. Where uh, he goes into the into the shed, takes a hammer, and beats up that old lady making a right. sandwich. <laughs> and then he takes, just to take the knife, of course. Right. And then he goes on, like, I think then he right, uh, goes right away to the next house where he looks into the window. And this time, we I, I love that we kind of see... Um, see the horror movie trope from the villain's perspective right. when he goes to the window and we see his face staring in the window it looked awesome superimposed basically just by looking through the window and then um but then i i, I thought like this is like when you'd watch the movie from when that woman would be the main character and you'd see just the face in the background in right the window. That, yeah it would always basically. be from inside like over her shoulder you yeah, know you'd exactly. be you'd be looking in that direction but there's and that was a beautiful shot. And that's, you know, when he kills PJ Souls, for those of you who might not know from the original Halloween, um, it was her that gets murdered in that house. But they leave that shot right there, and you know he's making his way around the house. But they leave yeah. the shot right there. Um, she, I don't know if it was on TV, or she got a phone call. And, I think she had a phone call, yeah. Yeah, and somebody's like, just lock your doors. There's crazy shit going on. A bunch of crazy people got off a bus somewhere. You see Michael come in through the back and you just get this knife blast right through the front of yeah. the throat. And he's not hanging around. He just does it and then he's on his merry way. Like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna do this the, and it'll be over. And then we got the scene where I was on the edge of my seat because we saw him kill oh, uh, the kid. kid. Yes, the baby. He's, he's walking up to this baby and I thought, oh my God, is he, are they going to go that far? Like, are they, are they really out of their mind? And then he just walks by. I think I everybody, him. everybody was thinking that. I even, after he was walking away, I was like, is he going to stop and turn around? Like, I, I was so tense in that moment. Yeah. I, I saw a, a, a post on Reddit where, where they talked about this movie and uh, someone said that it, it feels like um, he just, uh, he does it for the hunt. He's, he's right. hunting. He's a predator. And this baby couldn't do anything. Things. so he just skipped it because there's no fun in it right yeah or just not that natural and I, I don't know like i could see some of that but at the same time that would have been really hard for a lot of people to swallow yeah that if he would have murdered a crying baby that would have been you know next level fucked up <laughs> yeah <laughs> even for michael myers that would have been bad <laughs> and and throughout the course of everything that's happening here we've got this side story with with Allison and her boyfriend and one of the other friends, you know, there's a high school dance going on. Um, it was a clever way to get rid of her phone, but at the, at the same time, you know, it felt a little forced. And I will say this movie's not a perfect movie, but in yeah, regards sure. to being a Halloween sequel, I don't know that they could have done much better than what they did. There's not yeah. a ton that I would look at and change. And there are those instances where it's like, okay, how are we going to get rid of a cell phone? Like, we have to put her in this, this position where she can't answer the phone, can't talk to her mom or her grandmother. And so they do that by, you know, a broken relationship. He gets drunk and kisses some girl, and he throws her phone in the pudding, I think it was. Yeah, I, I just felt like that that guy has even an 
an even shorter attention span than the the boyfriend in what is it halloween 4 where, oh yeah where, yeah <laughs> where she says okay we can't hang out tonight and then he's sleeping over at another right. girl's house she's just like uh what what she was on her phone she just yeah. left really quickly for a well phone she went call. to she went to call her her friend because they were going to go over there where where the yeah. friend was um babysitting after the fact and i'll look up uh her name real quick but their whole deal was um oh yeah vicky was the one that was um her other friend the whole deal was her and the boyfriend were going to go over there after the fact and hang out for the night with her and her boyfriend where she was babysitting and and that whole sequence with the babysitting this little kid uh what was his name um jabrail nintambu nintambu i believe is how you say it plays julian and uh that kid was hilarious as far as comic relief goes he was so funny and I, I read something yesterday which blew my mind. That kid, uh, that was all improv. Was it really? Actually, they they had they had someone else for that scene or something, and they jumped off. I don't know. They they couldn't find someone last minute, so they needed someone last minute, and he came in. And all the conversation of him was all improv. That's impressive. And, that kid's got a bright future if he's got and, improv skills like that. That that kid was so awesome. But also, I I thought the uh, the babysitter the Vicky, she was also really good and like. I I know you hated this movie, but the babysitter. I, I hate this. I had these wipes <laughs> from the babysitter because they had yeah. this kind of relationship where they're joking, joking around, and uh, yeah, he's joking with her about smoking weed and doing all these other things. Um, yeah. you know, while the the friends are over, but it's a very believable relationship. Like yeah. you know, it, it truly felt like she had babysat this kid a whole bunch of times, and and they exactly. had this relationship with one another. Um, her death was well first her boyfriend gets it just like the boyfriend in halloween no, he, he's second he's second first she's uh she's killed she goes, i thought she, goes, she was uh, i thought she was still crawling away when he got the oh no you're right no, yeah because she, he was going up there to try and help yeah and exactly he, yeah and we don't see what happens to him until later but first we we see her and she gets the basically they both get the treatment of the boyfriend of right. uh, in the first movie of because, Bob and uh, Linda yeah, from the from no, the first bo movie both get the treatment of Bob though because oh yeah she, she's killed and then she's put into the ghost costume that actually Michael did to pr pretend to be Bob right and then uh, Bob uh, got stuck got, to the wall yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I still don't think that's how things work you can't pin someone to a wall with a knife but hey. You never know. Michael Camp. <laughs> right. And, and while all of this is happening, we've got Lori and Karen and Dr. Um, Sartain all kind of on the hunt. And Officer Hawkins are all on the hunt looking for Michael. Um, and, and then, yeah, because Allison shows up to the house, right? She's the one that finds Vicky. Or, no, Hawkins was in the house. Yeah, Hawkins. And, and uh, that, that's where they meet because they both got the call for domestic right. abuse or domestic violence. Yeah, and Michael's um, in the room next to Hawkins. And that's yeah, when, I, when Lori takes the shot at him when she sees his reflection in the mirror. Yeah, but then I think she actually shoots Michael as well right after and hits him like in the hits side him in the somewhere. arm. Yeah, hits him like no, in the in shoulder the, or the something arm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, the upper shoulder. But that's but you're right. Care. When when because uh, and Hawkins is kind of chasing him through the house, he realizes that he's downstairs. Michael ends up getting away. I love some of them tracking shots of like behind Michael, that third person kind of point of view. Yeah. Um, we're just a ton of fun, just kind of following yeah. him. And so now Allison is left to the party with the other friend who 
I didn't look up if this dude was related to him, but he looks just like the guy who plays Foggy in Daredevil. Um, <laughs> it looked like he could be like a little brother or something like that. I didn't even think about it, but you're totally right. Yeah, he, I mean, he looked just like yeah. him. I was like, there's no... Yeah, but yeah, I, I looked him up. He also felt very familiar, and that was probably it, but he also was like the sweaty teen boy in Stranger Things. <laughs> right, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but he but does he look just like anything him. Else. No, he's done a yeah a couple other things, but you're right. It's primarily just Stranger Things his uh, his biggest stuff. He was in the new Goosebumps, but um. So anyway, him and her are now left the party together. I like that they presented Allison as a really strong female character. Like he tries to come on to her, and she's like, "What the fuck, dude? Like just yeah. because I don't want him doesn't mean you have any right to come on to me the way you did." I thought that was really good. Establish this whole bloodline of like strong female characters. Yeah. They just all present it in a different way and that then go ahead go the, ahead the, that was such a good scene when uh in he's the backyard alone, yeah in the backyard with the lights going off and on and like lights are on uh, michael stands somewhere in the background the the boy actually thinks it's uh it's the owner of the house and talks to him and says you you know you're kind of creeping me out right now <laughs> yeah. and then the lights turn off the lights turn on again and he's gone and right. he looks around and then we, I think we see him like yeah, we see the lights him again. go on. We see Michael just in the back and then the lights go off again and then he's closer. And yeah, it was such a good idea for a scene. And like that's, they had such creative ways to do kill scenes. They didn't go for just the, the standard. They, every shot looked kind of amazing in some way. Right. Yeah. Everything was very well designed to, to give Michael that menacing presence and the idea of the shape. And I love that. Lori calls him the shape at one point, and they even make reference to the babysitter murders, which was the original title of the 78 Halloween is what they called it until they realized that nobody had used the word Halloween yet for a title. So they're like, Hey, we'll take it. It was like, you could, they, they loved the source material when they went in to make this movie. Yeah, they, they knew for it. Sure. It wasn't like, just making a sequel for the sake of making a sequel. They knew what they, they were doing. They didn't just love Halloween. They loved the whole franchise because mm -hmm. you, you don't pay these kind of homages when you don't like all the other movies as well. Right. At least in some, in some form. And it, it was almost as if the fans were making a movie for the fans. Like you, yeah. you could see that a lot of times somebody will get tacked onto a project and they just do all willy nilly, whatever they want to do. These guys, it, it really felt like they cared. And again, Carpenter's score throughout all of this was just unbelievable. And yeah. so Allison gets, I don't remember exactly how she ends up, she ends up in the car with Hawkins and um, yeah, she, we, we got to say the, the kill of, uh, of the, of the boy. Uh, she, she's already walking away and then he's running up to the gate because she oh, already that's right. over it. Yeah. He's running up to the gate. Uh, save me, help me. And she thinks he's playing, but then she goes back. But once she's back, she sees what happens to him. And we see that by now, because he, he, he Michael didn't do that, but he was already halfway over the fence that had the, the spike on top. And Michael killed him, and he slid down, and right. now had the fight through his uh, through his chin and oh. right through his jaw. Yeah, yeah. Because, and, and she doesn't turn around. You're right until his screams turn different, and she's like, "Okay, this isn't pretend anymore. Something really bad is happening." Yeah, and that's when she takes off, ends up um, with Somehow. Hawkins. Yeah, and then ends yeah. up with uh, Hawkins in um, Satrain. Uh, I think it was Satrain. Um, his name is kind of weird i always forget it and that's when this thing takes a turn that i really didn't see coming 
but I'm glad that they handled it the way it did. So they're all in the car together and she calls it out. She's like, there he is. He's right there. Like there's Michael. And oh, uh, one second, I gotta, I gotta go back to one scene. There was, I, <laughs> when that line was said, I repeated it to my friend who I was watching it with. And he started laughing out loud because he didn't even realize while it was said. And that's the line. Dr. Satan said, says this, he says like, um, <laughs> go back in the room and rock, lock your doors. I'm a doctor. Right. Which makes no sense at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Boy, I, he doesn't have any kind of authority. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like, why would, yeah, why would that be, why would you listen to a doctor who tells you to lock it? Like, listen to the cops if they tell you to do it. Yeah. But not but why, um, he, why did he have to add, I'm a doctor for lock your doors? You couldn't just say there's a menace. No, I'm a doctor. Lock your right. doors. And I didn't completely understand the the sheriff character in the cowboy hat. And I feel like maybe some of his stuff got left on the editing room floor. Because I feel maybe. like he was he was meant to be a bigger character. But he would just show up every couple of minutes and, and talk for a second. And then he would just be gone again. But his whole yeah. cowboy motif just felt a little bit... Okay, so now I got a really weird interpretation. What if that was... Um... <laughs> I, that's probably not right. But in um, Halloween... Uh... Wait, which one is it? Uh, in Halloween H2O, actually. Um, there's, um, after that scene with Joseph Gordon-Lewitt happened, yeah. that, that whole opening scene, there's these cops discussing the case, and I thought they would come back and do something, but they never appear again. Oh, like, yeah, opening. you're right. Yeah. So, now I'm wondering if that was just a play on that, but again, not. Yeah, it might not, have, but you never know. You never yeah. know. They, I feel like they pulled something from every single one of those movies. Yeah. And this is actually where I feel that where they pulled from curse is the events that transpire in the car because you have a doctor who just like in, in four five and six, where we eventually get the, the full readout in six, you have a doctor who wants to control Michael. And that almost seems like what um, train was trying to do was he wanted to, he wanted to really deeply understand, but he wanted to control Michael in a way. So they hit Michael um, but then right after that, the doc just kills Hawkins and it's like, wait, what? Like, what is going on? And he's, he tells her Allison's in the back of the cop car. He tells her, Hey, we've got a, we've got a, um, I, I forget where they were going to take him. Yeah. To, to, uh, to, uh, to Lori. To Lori. Yeah. yeah. Because maybe we'll get him to open up once he sees, yeah, once he sees what, Lori. That was his plan. Yeah. And, uh, that, that whole scene, I, I, I was like really annoyed, but also it kind of made total sense. But I was really annoyed that they decided to go on the search for Michael right now with the girl in the back of the car. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it turned out to be a bad idea, but... Um, yeah, they would have got her somewhere safe first. Um, yeah. But, but I think that, you know, Hawkins had it in his head that he would be able to stop because... Or I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting... They, they wanted point. to try to kill Michael. They they knew Michael is around here somewhere, so it kind of makes sense that he wanted to get him right now, but maybe leave the kid somewhere else and right. not take her with you. Yeah, leave her but in the yeah, house and, with the other people you uh, told to stay indoors. <laughs> leave and, then, her yeah. <laughs> and then the doctor, uh, after killing uh, Hawkins, puts on the mask right. just to carry Michael into the into the car. And he killed him with a, with a fucked up little pen knife, like a razor yeah. blade hidden in a pen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that's what you need when you work in an asylum. <laughs> and he does. He puts on the mask, and I was really nervous that the, he was going to become Michael for the rest of the movie. And I was like, "Don't do that! Don't do that! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, please don't do that!" And fortunately, he did not. 
He puts, and I got to give him credit because Michael's a big dude. Like to be able to drag dead weight like that into the back of a cop car, that would take some serious strength. Yeah, maybe that mask is magical and that's why he put it on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magic mask. And yeah, he puts the mask on. He's like, oh, I kind of get it now. Like, I understand why yeah. you do this. Uh, but Michael quickly, um, I forget though. Him. Yeah, but what there was something, I feel like something that was said or something that was, because she tells the cop, she's like, he spoke to me. And or she tells the doctor he spoke to she, me. Yeah, she she tells that to the doctor because she uh she has the plan that maybe she'll get out of the car. Right. Because she tells him he spoke to me. I'll tell you what he said if you let me out. Right. And of course, uh, and the doctor actually does it for a second there. Yeah. But then Michael, no, he does. He doesn't. He no. Michael kills him. Yeah. Michael kills Michael, him in the car. No, not in the car. He beats him up in the car. Then yeah. pulls him onto the crowd. Oh, that's right. And, Stomp his, his face. Fucking head. <laughs> this is like, you know, people are still talking about that curb stomp scene from uh, American, American History, History X. X. Yeah. And then we get this where the head just splatters and you need big boots for that. Right. You need to have so much strength. And I mentioned that to Shane. I was like, how strong is this guy that he's able to stomp a skull, like a human yeah. skull into, because it really just flattens. And they show like brain leaking out and, and blood and yeah. different things leaking they out the top all. of the head. Yeah, but you're right. He kicked the back of the seat so hard, and he was, like, pushing him up against the – beating him against the front of the car. And she ends up taking off into the the woods while Michael is disposing of, like you said, stomping the doctor's head. And we and have then, two more cops, which who packed who, who, that guy's lunch? I mean, he literally <laughs> had – not even in a container. It was just a wad of peanut butter and a brownie just in a in a metal lunchbox. I oh, – I'm these two cops, I – they managed to have these two characters that were on screen for like five minutes tops. And I, I really liked them. And I hope, yeah. I, I knew they would die right away, but I hope they wouldn't. It was a great and exchange I, of dialogue between those yeah. two. Yeah, felt very and natural. I, I love that um, that Michael really let out his, out his arson crafts during right. <laughs> that kill. <laughs> That's another one that I, I said. I was talking to Ian about um, that scene in particular. And, and even after we left the theater, I was talking to Shane about it. And I was like, how quick, like, how quick can you get someone's skull out of their head to where you can shove a flashlight up there and actually see the lights <laughs> through the through the eyes and the mouth? Because <laughs> you'd have to be yeah. working so quickly in order to and do that. It, it it was a really short shot, but do you have an explanation why there were fingers lying on on his on his legs? Because um, I was kind of wondering why. Was if, it Michael's? Was, was it Michael's fingers? Or no, no he, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't shot get off his, later. Yeah, they get shot off once he's at the house. No, yeah. um, I don't know when he. Yeah, because I don't know. There, there's just fingers laying there, and the other guy is missing. So I thought maybe they're from him. But that that kind of like I saw these fingers and was kind of confused why they were there. If that had any reason. And and to be fair, you and I have each only seen this movie once. You know, so, so far. There, there are yeah, so far there are little things that I think we'll pick up with a second and a third viewing. Uh, you know, some of those smaller details will be like, oh, okay, exact, it happened exactly like this or like that. But yeah, only seeing it one time. I know you saw it last night. It's been like three days since I saw it. Yeah. Um. I I just wanted to stay and watch it again as soon as it was over. Same here. But uh, so we got these two cops dead, and now this leads us to Jamie's house this, that she has turned into a fortress. This oh my god! This this whole like okay we we saw that that uh, basement earlier like she showed it before, but then we, we can go over this quickly like the the house is perfectly not perfect but almost perfectly planned for a serial killer right 
like many of the rooms, especially upstairs, are um, empty or mostly empty. Yeah. So there's not a lot of place to hide. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's uh, so. First of all, she shoots him through the floor, which I thought was a stupid idea because she could have kept. But that was no, that was after he got his fingers blown off. Like he wasn't yeah, because she sees him outside, and yeah. um, Karen, her daughter, her husband ends up getting killed because he sees the cop car. He's the one who goes out to um, try and figure it out, and Michael just takes him out, like right there in yeah. the front yard. So now you have Karen and Lori inside the house, and we've got Allison who's trying to make her way to the house. To the house. Yeah, yeah. she's just out in the woods running around all willy-nilly trying to and figure for, out where to go. for a perfectly trained woman like Lori, isn't it completely stupid to lean against the door right. with two glass windows out? Yeah. But yeah, then Michael comes in. I thought, I actually thought for a second, maybe he's got, they're going to kill, kill her. her right now. Yeah, because he had her, I mean, like, choking her hard like up off yeah. the ground yeah, yeah. The, the feet were off the ground she was in the air but then she shoots his fingers off and gets away right then runs downstairs and it's hidden he doesn't know where she is and then so it's, thought, it's under like an island in the kitchen yeah, like you would have yeah, a, exactly. a butcher's block and it, it moves over to the side and then it'll cover back up to give you a safe place to yeah. to hide and i i thought it was stupid of her to to shoot through the roof because then he knew there's something in the basement, right? And to, through the roof, through the floor, you know. Anyway, but, yeah, but a uh, lot yeah, then, of a lot of traditional uh, like Midwest basements, there's usually almost always, you know, he would probably be looking for a door. I don't think, even yeah. though they were down there, he wouldn't. I don't think piece it together that it's it's hidden underneath that thing because everywhere there could be a door anywhere in that house, um, a secret door. And then she goes and, back up. She's ready to go. Uh, to go hunt Michael. Yeah, and then oh, I, I loved when she went into the first room, looked left, looked right, then hit the button. And right. <laughs> it's it's close. This is safe. Safe room. Okay, yeah. next room. Same. Then, of course, of course, it's a horror movie. She had to have a room full of mannequins. <laughs> right. Mannequins. Yeah. I mean, they had a perfectly good explanation for that room. They even showed it earlier. She was and using it was, them. of course, yeah. because she's, she's shooting them. For target practice. Yeah. That's her big but, thing. But... Uh, yeah, and, and that scene we got another uh, we got another uh, throwback. Huge when, uh, nod to the two nods to the original. So you've got her thinking he's in the closet, which of course is where she ended up in the first movie, and then you have him looking over the balcony the same way that Loomis looked over at the end of the first movie. Oh, but I I meant the guy uh, the the body stuffed into the closet first. Oh yeah yeah yeah. There's so yeah, many <laughs> so many then things. Of, then of course yeah he comes out. She uh, they fight. Uh, she is thrown out, and wh when she landed on the floor, I looked over to my friend because I knew what was going to happen next. Right, <laughs> and then they're of course shouting downstairs. Luckily for for Jamie, uh, yeah. for uh, Laurie, and then he turns back and she's gone. And I, I loved it. It was so, it was so good because that's exactly how the, the for maybe someone who hasn't seen. I doubt they'd be listening to this if they've never seen the first Halloween. But that is, you know, once you get that amazing line, was that the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. And then he looks yeah. over and Michael is no longer there. He's gone. And in the same way, Jamie's now gone. She has uh, Lori. I'm just going to keep going back and forth. I'll call her something yeah, different every it's... time. But now she is gone as well. Um, so we've now got mother and daughter, Karen and Allison, who are down in the, the secret basement. 
and Karen even goosebumps thinking about that scene. It's, Karen, uh, Karen even finds her gun from when she was a kid. So the, the state had taken away Karen when she was 12 because they thought that Lori was an unfit parent was making her do all this stuff, but she had like trained her. We got a quick flashback that showed her as a kid doing a lot of the training and Michael figures out where they're at. And he, again, can I tell it? Can I tell yeah, it? Yeah, 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 please. Oh my God. He, 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 for some reason knows now he just has to move this island. This is, this has to be it. And he works on it and they get ready. She takes her gun and she points it up. And then he actually manages to move the whole island away. There's now a big hole. And we just see it from downstairs. And we see Judy Creer, Karen standing there and like whimpering and shaking and saying like, mom, come here. I can't do this. And then the second Michael stands out, out there, she gotcha. Right. Bam. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that scene was well, so and, and awesome. At the same time, Jamie's behind him and she's like, happy Halloween. And, and she shows up, you know, Lori's behind him. But you're right. It was so good because she's baiting him to come down the stairs. And she's, yeah. yeah, she's hollering, Mom, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. And she's down there that, yeah, gotcha. Boom. And ends up shooting Michael at the top of the stairs. And he then comes, they all beat the right. shit out of him. <laughs> Everybody just commences on to beat the hell out of Michael Myers. He's down in the basement now. They're all three down there, like you said, beating on him. And they're like, okay, come on, we got to go. They take off. And he got the ankle of, was it Allison or Karen? He Karen. Gets, yeah. Karen. He gets and Allison the takes the knife. and uh, That's right. She ends up yeah. stabbing him. Um, he's down in the basement. And you're like, okay, now he's going to come back up and we're going to finish having this fight. But that is not how that happens. And it's like, it was never an escape room. It was a trap. And I was yeah. like, holy shit. When they, <laughs> and when they turn this trap on, like she hits a button, you see gas lines all over the whole house. Not just, yeah. not just in the basement. There's gas lines that now start to, pss, and they're shooting gas everywhere. And you have these, um, almost like a filament, like a heat filament. They're yeah. lighting up near the gas and you quickly put it together like, hey, they're going to burn this, this guy alive. And that's that's how this thing's going to end. And and that's that's where it goes. We have Michael down because they I, we I guess we didn't mention the entryway to the uh, to the secret basement. They hit another button and there's like these like I don't know if it was wood or if it was metal. No, it was. I think it was even spikes. Like I yeah. was wondering if he had an arm down there, if he would have actually been uh, spiked. Probably, yeah. Even if that yeah. was a blunt object, that would have impaled him because they yeah. moved super quick. So it created like a a gate frame um, over top of the opening. So he was trapped in the basement. There was no way yeah. out. Michael gets all burned up, um, and everybody leaves the house. And I guess is about as happily ever after as you can get in that situation. But we gotta say that was like the stupidest idea to kill him because of course he's going to come back here. <laughs> right. And we even got some of that in the, after the credits, um, yeah, he breathes. You, yeah. You hear the breathing and with the amount of money that this thing is made already, they had already announced that they were going to do a second one of these with the amount of money that it's made. There's no doubt in my mind that they will do another one of these movies. Now the yeah. question is, should they do another one of these movies? If they do it like this, then yes. Yeah. Please give me as many as you can. <laughs> I, I, I'm a hundred, I just, you got to have a good explanation for how he gets out of that thing because he's just standing there staring as everything's burning I, down I, around I, I read him. A, I, I read a comment on, on Reddit that someone said, and in the next movie, they're going to say, um, right before uh, he went down there, he found a paramedic and put the mask on and <laughs> sent him into the house. 
Nice. Yeah, it was um it was it was really just really excellent from start to finish. And I, I hope they do explain it in a good way because I feel like I would be satisfied if this was it. I would be okay. It, but it would be okay. But, but they uh, even the, the the last scene we see the basement burning from right. inside the basement and he's not there. Right. Yeah, he's not we in there don't anymore. See him. Like he might be somewhere in there, but we don't see him. Right. And so, it was just uh, um man, it was just uh, everything about this movie I enjoyed. Now you said the person you went with um didn't like it quite as much. So yeah, what was he, their uh, what was their qualms with it? So before we got out like the movie just ended and he said that wasn't that good right and i was like <laughs> what are you talking about and what what his problem was that um there, there are lots of small things you can nitpick right um there are there are some uh and he his biggest problem was that he didn't like any of the characters which i can understand other than the the the, the daughter allison every character is at least kind of shitty. Like even Laurie Strode, she's a crazy woman for most of the movie. Right. Uh, the the two uh, podcasters were really shitty. They were killed off early, of course. The boyfriend, all the friends, the family, they were all kind of, uh, yeah, not, he didn't like all those characters. While I, I felt like they were actually more likable than most in the other Halloween movies. Yeah, because even in the original, I mean, Annie's kind of a bitch the whole time to to yeah. uh, Linda and Lori. And but with this, I mean, when I when I want a good slasher, I don't need a ton of character development. What I need yeah. is good performances. Like you said, those two cops, it was a really enjoyable scene and they were only there for a matter of minutes. It wasn't yeah. a it wasn't a very long time. And they were just so and the kid Julian, like so believable, and her friend. I thought Vicky was great. You're right; she yeah, was, they're... she was an amazing character. It's just, yeah, I, I talked to a few people about it, and they had a couple. Like um, Ian said, he didn't even really like the face stomp. He's like, it, it felt too out of place for me. I was like, that felt amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, I thought it was, it was wonderful. And this is, I just can't wait to see it again. Yeah. I am, I am more than ready to, to go on this journey many more times. And if they can do it right, um, you know, do some more Halloweens because this is the first time, I mean, our Friday the 13th reboot kind of failed. Our Nightmare on Elm Street was a shit show from start to finish. Now, granted, this isn't a reboot. It was a direct sequel. You had the Jamie Lee Curtis power in there, which drew a lot of people back and said, yes. You, you I, had Carpenter producing, which also Right, helped. and that score. I mean, you had, you brought in all the key players, but... If you're going to do Friday the 13th, you have to do it with that same amount of love and reverence for the source material and bring in the people who actually care and can say, okay, this is what made it great. Let's do that, but do it in a modern way. Yeah. And I, it didn't feel, um, it didn't feel out of place in, uh, today's, uh, movie, um, like in today's movies, but it didn't feel, uh, like it, it felt better than, all the movies I've seen recently that, that came right. out like horror movies. It felt because it felt like a, just like a real slasher. Yeah. Which usually when we get slashes these days, they're like, like basically PG 13. If you compare them right. to what they were back then, I think uh, another movie that was really good, a, a good modern slasher was, um, um, the town that dreaded sundown. Yeah, where they where they went at it with also kind of as a sequel to the original. It's a weird meta uh, sequel, yeah, where the movie yeah. existed, the original movie existed. Yeah, exactly, and um, 
that's what they managed to do here. That it felt it didn't feel like a, a movie from today. It felt like a slasher from today. Right. Kind of like how uh, I know you haven't seen Hellfest yet. But yeah. that was another one. But this was Leaps and Bounds. I think I enjoyed it more than Hellfest. Now, granted, I'm biased. I'm a fanboy when it comes to this franchise. But I could recommend this to almost anyone. Even if someone's never seen a Halloween movie, I say you could probably go into this and enjoy it. You, would, you could have a good time an, with it. Yeah, that, that would be an, an, a great experiment. Because I think you have to see at least the first. Halloween. Yeah, that's the only one you have to see, though. Yeah. You just got just yeah, to, to know the characters, to see, um, you know, to kind of see just Laurie's journey more than anything else, because she's yeah. the only one who's back from the original. Yeah. Oh, and uh, that that's something else. They uh, they managed to pay homage to the original movies, to all of them, and put all these Easter eggs in, but they never felt forced. Like I right. talked about yesterday about the um, the uh, the one movie uh, the uh, where um, her mother is actually in there, and that scene. Oh, H two O. Yeah. Yeah. That scene felt feels like a, a normal scene when you when you watch it, but then um, when you know what's happening, you know even more about it. Right. And that's how this whole movie works, I think. Like there are these kids in the Halloween three masks, but it it wouldn't like they don't point it out at all. They just walk around in these masks. Yeah, you would never know it if you've never seen Season of the Witch. It would just yeah, be exactly. yeah, which and was her dressed up as the ghost. The, yeah, yeah. Everything I'm telling you, it's just it's so good from start to finish. So what would you uh, what would you give it out of ten? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm still completely hyped, and I just ignored all the small things that annoyed me a little bit during it, and so I would rewatch it right away. I I think right now I'm at a either a nine or probably a ten out of ten. Yeah, I, it's it's maybe not a perfect movie. Like if you go at it from a Move, like if we got Roger Ebert to review it or like some right. some big critic, they would probably have something to say about it. But as a horror fan, right, I am completely pleased. I, there's, they couldn't do anything better. I'm, I completely agree. I think they just absolutely nailed it with this one and just encourage everybody, go out there and see it as soon as possible because and, and, and see it before Halloween. It's just such a perfect time of year for it. Yeah. leading up you know i've got the giant six and a half foot tall michael myers in my window it's just that time of the year um it is worth the price of admission check yeah, it out for, for sure. sure and uh so yeah we'll be back uh next week with a, a normal episode yeah, this is kind of our our one-off yeah it'll be our last sunday before halloween so hopefully we'll see some good uh scary stuff leading up to that and if you want to get in uh, contact with us let us know what you thought about halloween you can email us at ihohpodcast at gmail.com or IHOH podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It is available. We're available in all three of those places. Let us know what you think. Um, and as always, jump onto Apple Podcasts, leave that rate and review, and let us know what you think of the show. If there's anything you want us to, to talk about, any discussions you want to hear us have, please let us know, and uh, we'll be more than happy to do that. So for uh, International House of Horrors podcast, I am Joe Murrow. And I'm Josh. And we'll be back next week with all things bloody, terrible, horrible, gory, and the macabre.